The Phil Harris Alice Faye Show was a comedy radio program which ran on NBC from 1946 to 1954. It starred Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Alice had previously become known to radio audiences as the bandleader turned cast member on the Jack Benny program, while Alice Faye had been a frequent guest on programs such as Rudy Valley's variety shows. After becoming the breakout stars of the music and comedy variety program, The Fitch Bandwagon, the show was retooled into a full situation comedy with Harris and Faye playing fictionalized versions of themselves as a working show business couple raising two daughters in a madcap home. Alice Faye was a film and musical star of 20th Century Fox in the 1930s and 40s. She left her career as a film actress and became known for her role on the radio show, The Phil Harris' Alice Faye Show. She married Phil Harris in 1941, who, as I mentioned, was the band leader on The Jack Benny Show for 16 years, in fact. The Phil Harris' Alice Faye Show was often performed across the parking lot from the studio where the Jack Benny program was produced. So more than a few times, Phil had to uh, literally run across the parking lot to get to the studio where his program was about to go on the air. The couple had two daughters, Alice, born in 1942, and Phyllis, born in 1944, along with Harris's adopted son from his first marriage, Phil Harris Jr. The Harris's two daughters were played on the radio by Jeannie Roos and Anne Whitfield. In its early years, the Harris Faye radio show ranked among the top 10 radio programs in the country. The radio show also provided Faye with a perfect balance of show business and home life, since radio only required her to be present for a read-through and the live broadcast. Faye was still able to spend most of her time at home with her two daughters. The marriage between Alice Faye and Phil Harris lasted for 54 years until Harris died in 1995. Three years after Phil died, Alice Faye passed away at the age of 83 from stomach cancer. Their radio show is one of the most often played by radio show collectors. The track you're going to hear is one of their very early shows and is from October 20, 1946, A Tutor for the Girls. Alice and Phyllis. Listen to the audience. They thoroughly enjoyed this show. This is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program celebrating the golden age of radio. I'm your host, John Lovering, and I thank you for listening. It is very much appreciated.
folks, come with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and boiling hammy. That's sugar cured hammy. That's golden rivet hammy. And that's what I like about the sound. out at the Harris residence. Alice has been up for some time, but the uh, master of the house is just now coming downstairs to join his wife. Oh, baby, you really look luscious this morning. Look at that peaches and cream complexion and those big brown eyes and that blonde, wavy hair. Oh, you really got it, kid. Dale, will you stop looking at yourself in that mirror? <laughs> Can I help it if I'm adorable? <laughs> hey, where are the kids? They're playing outside on the swing. I want to speak to you about them, Phil. Yeah? What's up? Well, baby Alice will be starting school next year, and so will Phyllis before long. Yeah, they are growing up. I was thinking, it might be a good idea to get them a tutor. No, honey, they're too little. They're liable to fall off that thing and get hurt. <laughs> No, Phil, I mean someone to come in a couple of days a week and get them started on their ABC. Oh, I don't know, honey. When I was a kid, I didn't have no fancy teachers coming to my house. <laughs> oh, you didn't have no fancy teachers coming to your house. Well, just where did you acquire your vast education? What are you asking? I got it off my old man. From the time I was five years old, he took me every place he went. Oh, I suppose he wanted you to see things for yourself, huh? No, he just didn't like to get loaded alone. <laughs> It is true. My first words were, draw two. <laughs> yes, and you haven't forgotten them either. But, Phil, this is serious. Emily Williams gave me the name of an excellent tutor. He's done wonders for her, boy. What do you mean? Her kid's 19 and he's still drooling. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to have a talk with this man. Well, I don't think too much of the idea. You don't want your children to grow up to be ignorant, do you? Look, what was good enough for their father is good enough for them. <laughs> That's just it. All right, all right. I'll leave it up to you. Look, I got to get out the studio. We got a band rehearsal this morning. You won't be long, will you? No, no. I'll be right back after lunch. All right. Goodbye. Mm. Come to think of it, I might be back before lunch. <laughs> What is it, sissy? Don't you dare leave this house. You haven't had any breakfast yet. Oh, that's all right, sissy. I'll grab something down. No, 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 no. You sit right down here and drink a cup of coffee. I've been keeping it warm for you. Well, bless you, sissy. Ah, <laughs> uh, you beautiful creature. You. Oh, Mr. Harris. You know I'm not beautiful. What do you mean? I bet if I'd have met you ten years ago, they'd have had the time he gone. That's all right, Mr. Harris. Ten years ago, I'd have cut the rope. <laughs> oh, sister, you rascal, you. You're sharp as a biscuit this morning. Yes, uh, hey, uh, uh, what's that, uh, perfume you got on? Oh, I'm Mr. Harris. I don't use 
perfume. Something smells awfully good. <laughs> well, I did put a little vanilla extract behind my ear. <laughs> well, you keep it up, honey. After all, Alice got me with a dab of bourbon. <laughs> Try. Look, Sissy, thanks for the coffee. Uh, i got to get down to rehearsal now. Oh, Mr. Harris, I wonder if sometime on the radio your band would play a number for me. Certainly. Be glad to, honey. What is it? Blow gently with action. <laughs> hey, Sissy, Harris playing that one would be like Senator Bilbo singing Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> and start the pitch because here comes your Dixieland just to Toby. Everybody's gonna holler, howdy do, howdy do. Everybody there will say, howdy do, howdy do. Where the men are men and love it, and the girls are so glad of it. If you ever down in Texas, look me up. Ask anyone for Rusty, everybody knows of me. They'll tell you where I'm riding at far ABC or D. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Now we've got everything in Texas looking up. Looking up with the moonlight on the prairie and the gal that ain't the prairie. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. 
anyone for Phil Z. They'll tell you where I'm at. They'll say that I'm in Galveston with a box sack coat and a Stetson hat. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up, look me up. We've got everything in Texas looking up. Looking up, am I right or am I real? A man that takes the killer dealer. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Don't go ride and take some cactus, or you'll wind up on the cactus. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Where's the gals are good at figures, and the cowboys quick on figures. If you ever down in Texas, look me up. Where every gal's a raven beauty. Hip tie, 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 what I'm trying to tell you is I can't wait to get back down there so I can hear uh, sounds like this. That, uh, uh, sure glad you come by. Don't you all forget to come back now, you hear? Bye now. Bye. I'm going to build a dopey palace for my Alice down in Dallas. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me wants her hair to be a shining example of well-groomed beauty and feminine charm. And every woman can have shining, radiantly clean, soft hair by using Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. For Fitch Shampoo reconditions as it cleanses, making your hair soft and silky, shining with the glowing light of a firefly, and surprisingly easy to manage. Fitch's reconditioning action not only helps your hair wave more easily, but helps it keep the wave longer. And remember... Fit shampoo is good for all colors and textures of hair. Countless discriminating women find fit shampoo a real aid to hair beauty, and yet it's so convenient to use. One reason is because it lathers and rinses out equally well in hard or soft water. And since it's completely soluble, only an ordinary water rinse is needed. Fit shampoo is economical, it's efficient. It's a shining example. A shampoo to give your hair well-groomed beauty and feminine charm. For beautiful hair... Use Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo regularly each week. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Grammar. 
After all, this new Peter seems so nice, and I wouldn't like to lose him the first day. Now, wait a minute. What's wrong with Harris? I'll tell you what's wrong with Harris. Limit your call to five minutes, please. You get off of here. I don't want to criticize you, but please be on your best behavior when you come home. Listen, honey, you don't need to worry about me. I'll ride in there on an English setter. Hell. <laughs> Goodbye. I'll see you later. Who is that on the phone, Mommy? With your daddy, honey. I was telling him about Mr. Merton, your tutor. Oh, he's a nice man, Mommy. Well, I'm awfully happy your children like him. Why? Is he going to get Daddy's place? Oh, no. No, no. He's just going to give you a few lessons so you and Alice will be all ready for school when the time comes. But why do we need it, Peter? Daddy could teach us about everything. Oh, because? Yeah. <laughs> Our Daddy is the smartest, the clever, and the most beautiful man in the whole world. Why, Phyllis? Phyllis, where did you hear that? Baby Alice read it. Oh, 
I loved it. I was doing what they call an evermore pitch with a backswing glide. I <laughs> hey, listen, let me ask you something. Frankie, uh, weren't those people in Australia Englishmen? I don't know. They were some kind of foreigners. <laughs> Why? Well, Alice has a new English tutor for the kids, and she don't think I'm sharp enough for the guy. What do you mean? Meet him on his own ground. Talk his language. You know... Oh, blimey, Governor, it's a bit sick out tonight, ain't it, old biscuit head? <laughs> hey, Frankie, do them Englishmen really talk like that? Sure they do. Well, no wonder them Russians don't understand them. Come in. I didn't know you went out. Uh, yes, Sissy. I had to run down to my place for some books. Are the children about? Yes, I think they're right in the front room. They've been after Mrs. Harris to sing them a song. Oh, thank you very much. I'll go in. Say, dear, if you are a vexed one, a dreary, weary, and perplexed one, I've got troubles and he's got troubles, and you're no better than the next one. You will find your share of bliss if you die. Remember this: you can't have everything. Be satisfied with the little you may get. You can't have. That they get Live and laugh and listen Don't be greedy Help the needy And you gotta get lucky Yes, indeedy Men, rich men Beggar off me You just can't have everything So thank your stars above For a song in your heart A penny in your pocket And someone in your arms To love Benny. Benny who? Jack Benny, you know. 
On the radio? Oh, yes, yes. Forgive my ignorance. You see, I seldom listen to the wireless. Well, you see, Mr. Harris... <laughs> Mr. Harris has the office. Hey, Alice, I'm home. Oh, Alice. Oh, honey, we're, we're in here in the living room. Come on in. Oh, all right. Mr. Merton, Mr. Merton, this is my husband. Oh, how do you do, sir? Well, don't blame me, Governor. This is a trick out tonight, ain't it, girl? <laughs> What say we pop down to Keepside for a bit of off and off, darling? I beg your pardon. Oh, Phil Harris, this is a fine way for you to come home. Don't stand there, Alice. Throw a spot of tea on the governor. Have <laughs> you got no posters, bonds, or trumpets or anything? I say, governor. I say, oh, sir. I do believe you're pulling my leg. Oh, no, Biscuit Ed, I was two feet from you. <laughs> If you'll excuse me, Mrs. Harris, uh, I believe I'll rejoin the children. I don't blame you, Mr. Merton. So long, Governor. Don't take no wooden tuppences. Phil uh... <laughs> Harris, just what was the purpose of that? What did I do? I didn't say nothing. Oh, no? Oh, you biscuit, Ed. We're off to keep life for a bit. It's off and off. Don't take no wooden tuppence. No wooden tuppence. That's a 10th Avenue Englishman if I ever... <laughs> Well, I'm trying to take it. <laughs> 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 I'm from Double Fifth. So what? I'm doing all right. Look, I really laid it on him, didn't I? What are you beeping about? You told me to be refined, didn't you? You did this on purpose, you big clown. Just because the tutor was my suggestion. But look, honey, it don't make sense, us with an English tutor. And why not? Well, let's face it, kid. You'd still be working at your old job if you hadn't slammed your elevator door on Xanax's foot. <laughs> Bill Harris, you know I was never an elevator officer. All right, all right. So you dropped one of your fans in his soup. I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> will you stop being so funny? I only want our children to have the best education we can give them. Besides, it will mean a lot to you. To me? Yes. It'll be kind of nice to have someone to read to you in your old age. <laughs> Kind of nice right now. <laughs> All right, honey. Maybe the guy's okay for the kids. I don't know. Well, after your performance just now, we'll probably never see him again. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I I think you owe Mr. Merton an apology. All right. But, see, the fellas are English. Well, what about it? What about it? Frankie just told me them guys came over here and burned down the White House. Well, <laughs> that was in 1812. Well, then why don't they go home? Is the joint still smoking? That's <laughs> Never mind that. I want you to speak to Mr. Merton. All right. I'll talk to the governor. I'll talk to him. Excuse me, Mr. Harris. Ah, Luigi. How's the garden coming along? Oh, fine, maestro. Maestro, would Mrs. Harris like some flowers in the house for the company? Company? Oh, no, that's the governor. Huh? Oh, no, that's a tutor. Mrs. Harris has, uh, has him for the children. Oh, yes. You know, Maestro, it's a good thing to bring out the talents of the young. <laughs> I'm never going to forget when Luigi was a little boy. <laughs> I want to be the greatest painter the world has ever known. <laughs> hey, I never know, uh, knew you want to be an artist. Oh, yes. I was determined to emulate Michelangelo and Botticelli. <laughs> oh, by the way, Maestro... Do you like Botticelli? Yeah. 
Yeah, it ain't bad if you cut it with a little vermouth. <laughs> well, finally, I went to Paris to study art. I rented a charming little studio on the left bank. Oh, my astro Paris was beautiful. I would sit by the hour in little sidewalk cafes, sipping the wine from the provinces. And then at night, all the beautiful models would flock to my studio, and we would talk of life and love. But, Luigi, didn't you do any painting? Maestro, I asked you with a setup like that, were you? Oh, keep rolling. Don't let me stop you. But, to Maestro, I cast aside these little pastimes, and I threw myself into my work. For two months, I painted like a fury. I painted like a fiend. I painted like a madman. But nobody would buy my work. Why not? Maestro, they wanted someone who painted like a painter. You can't please everybody, Now, you had a big day with your new tutor and everything. Daddy, 
Why aren't you smart like Mr. Merchant? Look, honey, ain't it enough that I'm pretty? Right, <laughs> babies, after all. You can't have everything. Be satisfied with the little you may get.